0: This episode, Bullets Breakaway, is brought to you by you, the fans. Go to patreoncom Breakaway right now. Go to our access, get access to our Discord, get access to BSBOT episodes, and support this podcast, which gives you, I guess, quality Ranger content question mark all year round, every single week for the last six years. Today, trade deadline. Greg and I go over everything: the trades, the Georgie game, much more. And then Vincent Mercogliano joins us of USA Today/slashLowHud.com to give us the whole lowdown on what the Rangers were thinking, what the future holds, and what happens next. All today. But before that, here's Mark Messier, our good, dear friend.
1: Hi, everybody. It's Mark Messier, and you're listening to Blue Shirts Breakaway, the number one Rangers podcast.
0: Trade Breaker fans. Welcome to another Week of the Bush breakaway. I am your host, Ryan Mead, and I'm here on the trade deadline with my co-host, Greg Kaplan. Greg Kaplan,
1: say hello. March 21st, 2022. The trade deadline has come and gone. Lieber Hayek is still a New York ring Does it make sense to me? Like literally none. <laughs> I'm I it's funny because I
0: was kind of thinking in my head before we did the podcast. I was like, where are we gonna start? Georgiev's all-time performance, <laughs> like, just actually a shock and awe? The the, the the good grade that Chris Drury gets for this trade deadline? Or just somehow that Lieber Hayek is the eighth defenseman on this team and is still on, is still here uh, and is still going to be here for the foreseeable future? Will the Rangers carry eight defensemen this week, Greg?
1: Uh, I mean, I guess it's up to Gallant, right? If Schneider gets sent
0: is... down and Libor stays, yeah. do we riot?
1: No, we don't, mostly because – let's tra- Let, let's transition right into the, the, the pieces. It's crazy. Vetrano feels like he's been a Ranger for a year and a half, and he wasn't a Ranger. Best Italian 77
0: enough. to ever wear the jersey, that's for sure.
1: And uh, sadly, I forgot the Rangers had an Italian Max on the roster, which is why we saw Potato leave. Right. RIP. Um, I'll miss him. Maybe Maybe defensemen need to take the memo – Don't be from New York and take the number 22 if you want to actually be a New York Ranger. Not a good Uh, idea. Yeah, no, the track record is right there for you. It's just not going to work out in your favor. Um, Yeah, I'm conflicted a little bit about the the Braun move. I was conflicted when it happened as I was doing a two-hour vibe check with our Discord users, which, by the way, the best two hours I've spent uh, during a working day in a very long time. And if anybody asks, I was doing work. There you go. Cop out. Um, But my my feeling on the Braun trade is this. He's exactly what the New York Rangers need in a vacuum, right? Um, Defensively responsible, is an expert at preventing goal scoring opportunities, plays well on the penalty kill. He's essentially what the New York Rangers thought they were getting when they signed Patrick Nemeth, which is all great and good. But I don't know. I just – I know Schneider, after a very good start to his NHL career, has kind of hit a bit of a rookie wall. I know he ha- took a couple bad penalties in each game. Didn't take a penalty for his Hurricanes. whole career
0: as a Ranger, as
1: uh, that that whole career
0: being like 11 games, and then took, yeah, took
1: two I, games in a row. Yeah. I, I, I get it. And I also get that if he goes back to Hartford and he plays meaningful minutes in Hartford – And he continues to play and develops chemistry with guys like Zach Jones and Niels Lundqvist, that it's not a bad thing. And the Rangers are going to technically replace him in the lineup with a guy who also is not bad, but I'd rather just, I, it, that to me felt like a superfluous move, which is, you know, winning teams can do those kind of things. And I guess it's also nice to have the option, right? You're not, forced to play either Lundquist or Schneider on your bottom pairing if you don't think they're up to the task at this point in time? And this is
0: kind of where I land on, on the whole brawn situation. I had been yeah, hearing but... they've been scouting them for like over a month, and obviously he's a stay-at-home defenseman doesn't provide a lot offensively. But if there's something wrong with Schneider in the playoffs and you're like, hey, we have to have a more sure-footed veteran presence there— you could just throw Braun in like you. I don't th- I think this was Drury not fully trusting Snyder just yet or fully trusting Nemeth. And he can kind of ride the hot hand. I mean, he made it seem like in the presser that Braun could play either side, but he prefers the right if that's the case.
1: Yeah, we I mean, for whatever reason, we know Gallant's going to have the last decision on that. So it's yeah, it's this is one of those good options to have. And again, it cost the Rangers the draft equivalent of nothing a late third round pick a lot of what rangers did today was the
0: draft equivalent of nothing it was a late third round for for braun uh, obviously bateto was uh for nick merkley then uh, we'll get to tyler mott but he was a fourth round pick in 2023 and then we'll do the big cop uh trade in a couple minutes here but i thought i thought jury overall had a, a, a tremendous deadline it's everything we kind of said on the show the last couple couple weeks now I was thinking, what would have been a home run for the Rangers and how impossible they kind of were? You and I, I think, were in agreement that Pavelski and, and Giroux were the one and two, right? If we got those, it's like the next big step, and those are difference makers for the New York Rangers. Well, Pavelski got extended, and Giroux nicks the Rangers. So that's those two were just out of play. After that, JT Miller was probably in play, and he didn't get traded as well, and it seems like he's going to get an extension that starts with a nine in Vancouver. So that was also out of play and out of hand for the Rangers. With those big swing home run plays no longer available to them, I think Chris Drury did the best with what he could on an open market with $32 million of cap space, sitting here today saying he gave up virtually nothing about the future. I know he gave up two second-round picks. He gave up a conditional first, which which was an Eastern Conference tri- uh, trip final. I mean, if you're in the Eastern Conference final, you're not complaining about anything. You don't give a shit that you gave up the first.
1: You don't yeah, care. Congratulations. You traded the 28th, 29th overall pick. Who gives a fuck? You
0: don't care. I promise you yeah. don't care. And the experiences and the memories are worth way more than that first-round pick. I promise. But for overall, Drury, to me, A-grade. I t- posted that on Twitter and just... It seems like he didn't get caught in the hype that other GMs were doing because I think there were other trades, notably the Sharat trade that we didn't really discuss on this podcast and some others
1: that were teams. Dude, were- the, dude the Hagel trade. Like, I, I understand the prospects the Lightning gave up are kind of nothing burgers, but two first-round picks, I get that Hagel has control. He was a nobody before this season, a fucking nobody. And I, he's having a great year. I'm sure it's going to work out great for the Lightning, but are you going to tell me you're going to give up two first-round picks for that guy? I don't know. I, Even the Raquel trade idea. was
0: was a, a hefty like a hefty price for the Penguins to pay. Uh, Penguin fans, particularly, not happy about that. And I um, saw some good yeah, analysis they're, saying
1: they're going to be they're going to be unhappy about it. That guy's going to be a fucking pain in our ass. Yeah, because
0: so. he's going to pay City Crosby, so it's going to be awesome. Yeah, for it's going to be fucking terrible. Yeah. Um,
1: I'll say this: the 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 lo- the more the days went by, um, and quite honestly, the longer we've gone without any kind of resolution on the Ryan Strome front. And now it seems like there is going to have the resolution. There isn't going to be, he's just, this is it. We're self renting, which is fine. But I, I do think as as often as we've given Chris Drury grief, um, we've said coming into this deadline that we are going to learn a lot about Chris Drury, the general manager in terms of what he's able to do with this cap space, how he's going to be creative, what, tricks he has up his sleeve for a scenario like this. And I think we have, like you said, we have to give him full marks because not only did he make three moves today that all make the New York Rangers better and a more complete team and a deeper team, he also didn't trade a single major asset that he won't be able to use to replace Reinstrom, right? So you you think think about the future. Think of what it's honestly going to take to get a Mark Scheifele or someone like that. He kept his 2023 first-round pick, which is gold. He kept Niels Lundqvist. Hell, he kept Vitaly Kravtsov, who you and I agree is a nothing in terms of a trade asset. Less
0: than than 1% or 2% that he plays for the Rangers again?
1: Maybe just zero? Less than than 0% if it's humanly possible. Because, again, just think about it, Ryan. There wasn't room for him when Sammy Blay was in the lineup. They traded for Andrew Kopp, Tyler Mott, and Kapokako is three weeks away from coming back. Who is he replacing in this lineup? No There's one right now. less room
2: now.
0: No one right now. Not at all. Yeah, Maybe they're... next season if they can s- somehow uh, have a summer of love and get it back together, but I don't really see that.
1: If the Rangers did nothing today, stood pat, didn't trade Vitaly Kravtsov, we'd be getting force-fed bullshit from the front office about how Vitaly Kravtsov could eventually come back over for the New York Rangers and play a meaningful role for this team in the playoffs. It's not That was never going to happen if they did nothing. They did, and you include Vitrano, they – acquired three forwards and they don't have room for Krabsov, which is fine. He's not coming back. That's the way we've always said it, but they they're keeping that bullet until at least the deadline. And you have to respect that. And I, I also, you know, let's give credit where credit is due. When, when today started in my eyes and probably your eyes, I saw three of the 12 forward positions in the Rangers lineup that the Rangers could clearly upgrade from Brzezinski, McKegg, and Hunt. Those were the big three.
0: Yeah, because we don't count um, Reeves because Reeves is just staying no
1: matter what happens. Right. He's, he, he, you You understand what Ryan Reeves is. It is what it is. But those three were the big one. Uh, Vitrano was already here and he replaced a position that was essentially, what, Morgan Bear and Tim Gettinger, right? So He replaced Hunt and Hunt moved t-
0: down. That was it.
1: What the Rangers needed to do was go out and get someone who could make a difference offensively at 5v5. They did that with Andrew Copp. They needed to go out and get someone that could play penalty kill minutes to eventually give Gallant a reason to not play Greg McKegg. They did that twice with Kop and Mott, both of whom could play on the penalty kill. And then the Rangers have this luxury where they can keep hunt in the lineup until Kopko is healthy. And then Kakko comes in and bang, you now have 12 NHL forwards playing at one time for the New York Rangers something they haven't had all year. They have not had this all season. And because of the work of Chris Drury over the last five days, the New York Rangers can now skate 12 NHL caliber forwards, all of whom serve a purpose, all of whom are flexible in terms of where they can play in this lineup. And more importantly, they, they do things. This team needs them to do. The New York Rangers have been bleeding at five V five offensively all year. Andrew Kopp isn't Sidney Crosby. He isn't, you know, Patrice Bergeron. He's not that kind of guy. But he makes your lineup deeper. The Rangers can finally roll three actual lines. He can roll four. Philip Heedle's going to play with real players. He's not going to play with dudes and cab drivers anymore. It's going to be great. No, it's
0: a full team now. And it really kind of looks like this. The top line, to me, stays stays as is. Crider is a vinegaz- Untouched. Lafreniere. Agreed. Then the second line, as soon as Kako comes back, is Panarin's drum Kako. That's what I need to see. That's just what has and, to happen.
1: And, and for the time being, it's totally fine that Vetrano is going to eat second-line minutes because he's a guy who complements what the two other players does well.
0: Totally with you. Because then it, then it goes Cop, Hedl, and Vetrano in the third. Then you go Mott, Goodrow, and then you're Hunter Reeves in the fourth, and you're you're cooking. Like, that's a deep, that's a deep and fun bottom six. Those, those guys are burners, they're grinders, they're fighters, everything you want to say in hockey terms. Uh, 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 characteristic-wise, those those are the guys you finally got. These are the best players that Phil Heedle's ever going to play with. I mean, he'll Heedle yeah, and- did play with Lafreniere and Kako for, like, what, three games once last year? And after that, it's kind of been
1: downhill. But not, not just that. We talk about how Reeves is going to stay in this lineup regardless. The Rangers went out and acquired a forward who is defensively responsible and stout, for the record, in Tyler Mott, where if your second line has Goodrow and Mott on it, Almost doesn't fucking matter what Ryan Reeves does. They're they they have going to surround Reeves with two guys who can carry his ass. So Reeves can just go around, do whatever the fuck he wants to do. Hit people as get hard as he can. Get fired up. Yep. Yeah. Get the team fired up. Get Be a force in the locker room. Be a force for good on the bench. I'm not worried about Ryan Reeves dragging down the fourth line like he does even with our guy Kevin Rooney. A lot of people asked me today, what does this mean for Rooney? You know what it means for Rooney? It means Rooney's going to serve the role he's meant to serve as the 13th forward, which is totally fine. That's a solid to find 13th forward you have right there. And that leaves guy Brzezinski and plug him the
0: on the way out because Barron's gone now. We'll talk about Barron in a second.
1: Yeah. And, you know, McKeg, listen, the Rangers want Hartford to be good too, right? That's part of the reason why they went out and got Nick Merkley. They also signed a college free agent. Um, another reason why Potato was shown the door because they have, they need more minutes for more guys, but the Rangers want Hartford to be good and from talking to someone that may or may not play for Hartford this year, an area of improvement for them was playing defensively in their own zone. McKeg will help Hartford in that regards, and I'm pretty sure he's going to go through waivers unclaimed. So it's the Rangers made their own team deeper. They made Hartford better. Everything is trending upwards, and you have to – we've been very hard on Drury, and I promise you there will be times where we'll be hard on him again. But for today, hard to env- envision today going – better because the only way it could have gone better is if they got like the guys I named earlier,
0: like if they got, if they got chicken for cheap, like we're talking, right,
1: right. We're talking, we we're talking the day couldn't have gone better from a perspective of the Rangers identified rentals. They liked and didn't give up the bank to get them. They didn't give up a meaningful, serious asset in any of the deals. And every deal made the team, better and deeper. They gave up a 4th for Vitrano, great business. A 3rd for Braun, solid business even if you thought it was superfluous. It, oh like God. it they gave up so little for Braun that it doesn't matter if I feel like they needed Braun or not. That it goes out the window. They gave up at best a first round pick and Morgan Barron for Andrew Cop. They gave up a 4th for Tyler Mott. Th- this is this is just great asset management when you keep in mind that the new york rangers have to find a 2c that's already under control for next year which means they need to use lundquist in that deal and they need to use every to asset use they have in that deal. on
0: under yeah. their control because without yeah. that you're not going anywhere and we'll we'll have a plenty of time to talk about ryan strom's future i promise because we do this podcast every week 365 uh, but for right now, let's talk about Andrew Kopp a little bit more. So he gets traded for Morgan Barron is the, is the prospect that goes. There was talk about defensive prospects going. I was hoping it would be Lieber Hayek. It was not. Robertson also ends up staying, which I was surprised. Uh, good for Morgan Barron. Uh, hopefully he can earn a bottom six spot in this Jets lineup. He was, you, know, you and I kind of wondered constantly why he was underused. I don't know what happened with him at Gallant, uh, but he is 24 and he's proved all his doubters wrong a million times. So, I hope what was,
1: goes... When was the last trade deadline that brothers were traded on the same day to different? Uh, teams? I don't know. I have no idea. Well, were the, Lopez the Lopez brothers ever traded? The Lopez brothers in NBA. Oh, the Robin, Robin, and, and um, and Brooke. I don't know. I feel like the st- have the stalls. No, because Mark was never traded and Jordan was never traded. It was just Eric moving around. Yep, like a fool. Um,
0: Great trade deadline for the Rangers that day. Whew. That's That's that's.
1: That's a yikes. Yeah, well, they didn't really get burned on it, at least. It's just talk about talk about making a move you didn't have to make that didn't fill a hole and didn't make the team better. Didn't do anything, that one, to be honest. Did nothing. Did nothing. It 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 kind of I think it cost Eric Stahl a couple million dollars. That's essentially all it really is.
0: Big did. fat nothing
1: burger, but to, uh, total opposite today. Uh
0: you filled but all the holes. We're,
1: yeah, I the Morgan Barron stuff is so interesting to me because the you think about the timeline of events with Morgan Barron where Sixth round pick overperforms all expectations becomes an actual NHL prospect at Cornell, something you can't say for sure you were expecting to happen, not just from a Ranger perspective, just from a general hockey perspective. And then it's like the worm turned a little bit for the better in some people's eyes uh, during the pandemic, where all of a sudden people were putting Morgan Barron as like a, a, a potential middle six guy some guy with a high offensive upside. Um, it, it's like people were projecting his pros- prospect status, hoping he'd be more than what he actually was going to be. And I felt like I became a bit of a Morgan Barron um, wet blanket. You, we but did, then he, we,
0: but then he succeeded a lot of those expectations. And
1: No, I, I don't know. I, no, he was playing to expectation in my eyes in Hartford. But where it became weird is when he was clearly ready for a call up for the New York Rangers. He is a player who still every time we talk about him, it's just everything Gerard Gallant seemingly likes in hockey players. Big body, good at faceoffs, defensively responsible, small offensive upside. I get he's not the like a world-class skater. I understand that. But he literally checks every box for the 200 hockey men and Gallant is like, "No, I have no use for this guy. I'm good. I'd rather play I'd rather play Johnny Brzezinski. He adds a little something to this team and it's a, it was astonishing to a certain extent. So I, it's, it's one of those things where I'm, I'm, I am happy for Morgan Barron because if there's any team that's going to give him a fair shake, it seems like it's going to be Winnipeg. Uh, and clearly they find value out of their bottom six forwards. I mean, how many times do the Rangers have to trade for some of their bottom six forwards for us to say that they do this? Um, so if he, if any team's going to give him a fair shake, it's Winnipeg. He's going to get his chance, and I think he'll be fine. It's just so odd to me that it didn't work out the way I thought it would in New York. And I'll say this firmly as well. Uh, whether it works out in Winnipeg or not, I don't think he'll ever be on equal footing as impactful as Andrew Kopp could be. I actually don't think so I'm close. never going to worry about it. It's just not going to be something... That keeps me up.
0: It. I like Morgan Barron a lot. He's well-suited for a fourth-line center role on, the, on a solid team, and I think he'll have a solid, an okay NHL career, and that's as far as I can go. The Rangers gave up two second-round picks, most likely, for Andrew Kopp, and they have a chance to possibly re-sign him this summer, even though their cap space probably doesn't allow them because he's 27 and is going to try to max out his contract. Uh, so there's almost no chance the Rangers can try and extend him. But we will get to that as the summer goes on. Uh, we
1: talked well, about— Well, not just that, but like— Think of how well Copp actually has to play for the New York Rangers in order for this to be a legitimate conversation to be having. Like, he's going to have to perform at a Ryan Strom level in order for us to really consider a scenario in which this team extends. Even to. then, it's not happening.
0: Unless, I, the only way I can see it happening is if we win the Cup with him. That's really it.
1: I mean, I could see scenarios where he signs a three-by-four deal. Three years, four million. And he's That's a, not and he's outrageous. he's the second-line center next year? Maybe not a guaranteed second line center, but if you like, that's the problem, right? The problem for the Rangers is that it's hard to imagine a scenario in which long term they're okay with Andrew Kopp and Phil Hiedel being the second and third center after Mika Zibanejad. You got to pay pay
0: Miller next year. You got to pay Kako. It's going to be rough. Yeah, but I mean, you, but again, a three year, $4 million contract, you can trade it at any time. We'll talk about the Miller contract, but I'm really curious about what he gets. Do you think it's similar to Lin- the Lindgren contract? Because I think he's going to ask for more. I like think four million, four point five.
1: I think it's less. Honestly, you think I, it's I less? think it's like yeah, I think it's like two by two, but two and a half for Miller. Yeah.
0: Woo! I'll say I'll
1: sign that right now. <laughs> I know. I, I think Miller will bet on himself and he'll do a small bridge, do a two-year favor for the Rangers and be like, "Guess what? The next contract's going to start with five after this six. Point.
0: If, if things go right for him. All right. Well, that's, a, that's an interesting conversation for the summer. Any Were are there any trades that thoroughly surprised you that there were not the Rangers?
1: Um, not really. I was more surprised by the deals that weren't made. Like, it is I am sick of the Unfathomable. East.
0: I'll tell you that.
1: Tell you that. Uh, well, yeah. I mean, it felt like every trade happened in the East today. I don't even know if a Western team made a fucking move like i think the stars did a couple things like went shit. to
0: the the abs, but the Aves are a goddamn wagon
1: actually that one did bother me okay I, I i'll but it it bothered me before the rangers went out and got cop and mott for very little um but in the moment i was extremely annoyed because it's it's very easy for us to sit here and say that the rangers could have beaten that deal right we we know for a fact that the rangers have the pieces that could have easily trumped that avalanche trade. I know people still have prospect pedigree on Justin Barron, but from the the prospect smarts that we talk to and know, um, Barron is still a level below Lundquist in terms of defensive prospect. On face value, it's very easy to look at that deal and say, boy, fucking weird the Rangers weren't more heavily involved there. But listen –
0: you gotta you also have to put the relationship actually into perspective here.
1: You gotta be not, not only that, but you know, as much as I like Lekanin, and as much as I thought if you just got Lekanin, like if Lekinen was the one move today, I think you could have stepped away from this day being like, Well, the Rangers got a guy that checked every box they needed to fill. Um, and Lekanen, you know, you have the option of team control for next year. So if either you can sign him again yourself or flip him again yourself and recoup some assets. But It's hard to look at that Lekkinen trade and be as disappointed as I was in the moment when we remember that they got Kopp and Mott, who do more or less the same thing in two spots that Lekkinen does in one spot. So it's the Rangers made themselves deeper as opposed to trying to pay a higher price to make themselves better in one area. And it's, you know, different strokes, different folks at that point. What, What would you rather have? Would you rather have... Liken and McKegg in the lineup, or would you rather have Cop and Mock? You know in the my lineup? answer.
0: I don't have to answer that for you. I, well, yeah, because you're yes. a McKegg hater. You're fine. Uh, Drury, Drury did exactly what we asked him to do, which was make this team as good as possible for the, the pieces they have right now, which is the, probably the MVP and the Vesna winner, uh, the reigning Tor- Norris winner, Artemi Panarin, Mika who was, Mika who has been absolutely insane, and then also uh, Chris Kreider, who's having an absolute career year. You can't ask for more than what he did. You really can. He did he he could have swung for the super fences and traded away, but there was nothing out there for him um to go get. So
1: Yeah, there wasn't there wasn't a star traded at this year's deadline that the Rangers are going to regret not trading for, right? Like you're not upset the Rangers didn't trade for Hampus Lindholm no. and then hand him an eight year extension. I am not.
0: You're, no. Not
1: at you're all. You're not you're not upset the Rangers didn't go out. I the people that were getting upset about Giordano, I just I can't bring myself to be upset. No, it, and it's... you made
0: the great point. He, you know, he chose to go to the Leafs, so the Leafs could only. Yeah.
1: And also, I I saw the quote he had today where he was like, "No, I I was cool going anywhere." Yeah. yeah uh, okay, cool. Fucking <laughs> bullshit. By the way, whether he actually said those words or not, Ron Francis made it his job to send that man to Toronto, which is fine by me. Whatever, do what you got to do. You, um, you can't
0: not give the first captain in your franchise history what he wants. You can't do right. Makes it's, you look really bad.
1: Yeah, he's like, yeah, I'd like to go to Toronto, but you can trade me anywhere. And Ron Francis is like, I get it. You want to go to Toronto? It's fine. I'll, I'll send you to Toronto. There wasn't a player traded that I thought the Rangers desperately missed out on. Like Connor Garland wasn't traded. I know he was a popular name in some Rangers. Jake DeBrosque, huh? Hilarious. I'm going to sign this extension because it'll make me easier to trade. And then I'm not going to be traded. I will um, have a
0: nice Boston playoff run to go through. That's for sure.
1: Absolutely. And maybe he gets traded in the summer. It's possible. Why it's easier to trade a guy when he's already extended versus a team negotiating their own extension. Lord knows, Ryan, but the NHL weird fucking league. Why are we even very going strange? Forward? But
0: it, it's always so funny to, to look at the NHL and who's getting traded for the prices they're getting traded. And then Matt Ryan, a MVP quarterback gets traded for a third. Like, well, now oh, hold okay. on, Matt
1: Ryan's a fucking bum. So let's All right, let's well, get this out of there. He's a
0: serviceable let's get... quarterback. I know how you feel about Matt
1: Ryan. He's a fucking bum. <laughs> okay. You know what? Te- what you know what teams I'm excited to bet against? The Pittsburgh Steelers and the Indianapolis Colts. Well, that's not I'm fair. Mitch Trubisky
0: is. That's not fair, buddy. That's... They are
1: both bums. What yeah. do you mean it's not fair. No,
0: everybody. There's no secret that Mr. Bitsky's is not good at his job.
1: It's no secret, Matt Ryan. You're just you're refusing to listen. You're putting your ears and your your fingers in your ears, going la la la. I don't hear you. La la la. <laughs> He's been,
0: a fucking bum. You've been a Matt Ryan hater for notably his Forever. entire career, <laughs> and I've been correct about it.
1: I've been fucking right about it. Um, but to your point, going back to Drury and the trades, it's it's not just that the he went out and a, acquired pieces that are. Definitely going to help with this team is at full health. It's that now, if the Rangers do suffer a freak injury, if God forbid something happens to the Bionic Man Chris Kreider, or, or
0: Co- if can't even get fully healthy, which is a total if possibility, if he can't get fully
1: healthy, it's just you feel comfortable moving Andrew Cop anywhere up and down your lineup, right? Like you're 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 not thrilled with the idea of someone having to miss time, especially in your top six. But no longer are the Rangers trying to put. Barclay Goodrow in their top six, Dryden Hunt in their top six. They have Frank Vetrano and uh, Andrew Cop that they can move up and down this lineup willy-nilly. And you're putting a player with offensive upside in positions to succeed, as opposed to guys we know can't handle the job. You're waiting for Kapokako to come back from injury. That's great. No longer are you asking Barclay Goodrow to do something he can't do. No longer are you asking Dryden Hunt to do something he can't do. No longer are you force-feeding minutes to guys like, no knock on them, Johnny Brzezinski, Anthony Greco, Tim Gettinger, these are guys who are not going to see the lineup anymore because you went out and acquired better players that you can play ahead of them. it's you, you didn't just make the team deeper when they're healthy. You made the team deeper when they're shorthanded, which is something this team has lacked all year long and is part of the reason why it's actually so impressive. The Rangers are in a, a position in the playoffs that they currently are in. They got to this point in the season giving big minutes to Dryden Hunt, and that's now something they just won't have to do. That's how you make a team better. That's how you prepare a team for the playoffs. That's how you you, you improve so much in the margins that it makes this team more impactful than the individual player you acquired. And it's, it's refreshing to see. I was really worried we were going to have a 2021 Mets deadline where you do something to appease the fans – but don't actually do anything to make your team better. And the Rangers actually somehow did the reverse where individually it was going to be hard to get the fan base, super excited for any of these guys on their own, but you added four players that are, that's just going to make this team better, deeper and ready for the playoffs and the grind that is the 16 game season. So it's credit where credit's due. Like the heat, he went out and did the thing that we've been asking him to do and whether it took too long to do it or whether we were just being impatient. He did it in a way where you're, you're not complaining about the prices. You'd love the pieces they brought in. It's man. I, I, I wish I could sit here and pull calls it. You know how much easier this podcast is when we have something to complain about. Trust me. Right I now, know. Yeah. Right now we just don't, we don't. It. He checked every box, whether it works, that's, up to the players and the coaches to a certain extent. But think about the things Chris Jury did. He made them better at five-on-five offensively with Kopp. He gave Philippito actual players to play with on the third line, which makes your lineup deeper. He brought in players who play on the penalty kill to not have that as an excuse to keep Greg McKeg in this lineup. He brought in a defenseman, defensively responsible, who is a veteran and capable of playing either side where – you can either decide to have a full vet bottom pairing or you can keep playing one of your kids with someone that we know is going to be fucking reliable day in and day out. And it's, it, it's like, if my biggest, if my biggest complaint is Alexander Georgiev and Libra Hayek are still New York Rangers, that's a pretty good deadline. Cause those are things that honestly, well, like with great Georgiev, transition Greg, because... yeah, with Georgiev, it's like, who gives a shit? Great game Sunday. We'll never see that again. But we already know this team goes as far as Igor Shusterkin takes them. Was that legitimately the
0: best performance of the season for any Ranger? Because I believe it was. Well, by game score it was. I know. The game score was like six. It was six, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And the highest before
1: that was like 411 by Fox twice. It's like, cool. Um, Georgievs. Can you for sure? Can you for sure? Because I'm still not convinced. Can you for sure tell me that wasn't Igor wearing a number 40 jersey?
0: It's I don't want to uh, belittle Georgiev because I belittle him enough on this podcast and I uh, I want to give him all the credit. I don't want to even compare him to Igor Igor who's had obviously a, a year for the ages as a goalie of the New York Rangers and that's with Henrik Lundq- Lundqvist in those history, but Georgiev is just I mean just that whole game. The Rangers were hanging him out to dry. The third period you could they they couldn't even skate like They were just dumping the puck. It was a 20 minute 5v5 penalty kill. That was it. I was like, holy shit, these guys can't skate at all. They got in the night before at 2am. They find they played the game at 6. It's like, cool, this is awesome. And the Hurricanes look uh, and as they're supposed to look, which is like an awesome team that's leading one of the best divisions in hockey, if not the best division in hockey. So uh, I don't want them in the playoffs. I want nothing to do with them. I hope they get eliminated before we see them if we make it to that round. That, that's where I'm at right now. Because Carolina is a team I think I don't want to see the most out of everyone in the Metro. Uh, and then I think they're probably third overall behind Tampa Bay and Florida and teams I don't want to see,
1: period. Uh, I definitely don't want to see them in the Metro. Just because... Their style of play is so drastically polar opposite from the Rangers Big that time. it's just it's it's always gonna be jarring to see. I will say I do feel like some of it with the Hurricanes is a bit of empty calorie shooting. But that wasn't the case on Sunday. They were getting no, <laughs> no, Rick, <laughs> they were, getting- they were <laughs> bombarding him, my dude. They were getting golden opportunities left and right, and I was like, I'm pretty sure the Rangers had someone there for that. I don't know how they didn't what is happening?
0: It was, What's going on? It was a, mil- a million high danger chances. The Rangers had a total of four shots after 30 minutes of game time. It was like, okay, cool. This game's over. And Georgiev just didn't let, them let that happen. This was a night after they beat the Tampa Bay Lightning for the third time this season. Uh, not in a dramatic fashion. Actually, in the poorest power play game of the season by far. I know that Mika technically scored on the power play, but it was theoretically just about to end. Uh, But the rest of the power play the entire night was nullified for the first time, maybe the entire season. I know there were once or twice, Greg and I pointed it out, where there was like, eh, this this was a little bit of a lame power play. It's surprising to see that. But there were like four in a row where the Rangers just couldn't get anything going. Nothing cooking, no chemistry, nothing pushing. And at the last second, Mika March comes through, and and they pull the game out. And now they're on to three games versus Pittsburgh Penguins, uh, which is going to be hilariously fun because they're likely going to play them four to seven times in a couple months here. Uh, Well, Washington could catch up. I have no idea. It's, it's, It's really a race at this point.
1: Man, how how would it feel today to be a Washington fan? Because you didn't really do anything at the deadline. They got Larson
0: from Arizona for cheap. Uh, That was pretty pretty good.
1: Yeah, they got Larson and they reacquired Marcus Johansson. Good for you. Like, the the Rangers went out and acquired four more pieces. The Penguins got Raquel. The Hurricanes, they fucking already have all this shit. Oh, we're just going to add Max fucking Domi. You look at the Lightning. They revamped their entire third line. They're probably going to win five more Cups. You look at the Leafs, they go out and get Giordano. You look at the Bruins, they they got Hampus Lindholm. Like, you're the Capitals, and you're like, hi, ah, yes, I have one Johan Larsson, and I hope this is enough. Like, it's you're fucked. <laughs> what are you doing? I, 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 there's a part of me that almost feels bad for the Capitals, which means they're definitely going to the Eastern Conference Final, and they're going to lose in a heartbreaking seventh game. Right now, the um, Rangers
0: have a game in hand on the Capitals, and they have also have five points on the Capitals. So, speaking
1: of speaking of teams that gave the gift that keep on giving, how many we insiders do do you think? No, well they yep, won. they're not great. Yep. However, however, <laughs> was it like? Were we so nice to the Islanders that it somehow got to their heads Well, hold and on, are fucking stupid The Cal again?
0: book stuff from Click King was legendary. I have no idea what he was thinking there. Do we,
1: do we think Larry Brooks reverse engineered that extension by being like, you know, he could be pretty good on the Rangers. Lou read that article go, fuck no, two more years.
0: There's a 100% chance Lou read that article, by the way. Like 100%. <laughs> Brooks is absolutely someone that's just been around Lou his whole life. Right? I mean, he was in Jersey. It's not like Larry was anywhere else. He's covering the Rangers. So uh, he 100% read that, and he was like, you know what? i got to sign these guys. Uh, a couple of our Islander friend friends were not so thrilled, uh, and I, I get why. Uh, the Islanders are going to be annoying next year. They're probably going to be good again, but for right year, right what now are, are, are we sure? I'm not sure, sure anymore. I'm not. I, I was sure, but I thought they would do, like, some selling at this deadline – and maybe like trying to advance themselves for next year. And they just didn't. And I think what was the the quote from Lou? Uh, was it, uh, we're just going to, we're not getting we need, new-
1: we need to make hockey trades.
0: Yeah. We're not getting new players. We just got to get better. Like, okay, cool. <laughs> All
1: right. Uh, good luck with that. Meanwhile, one. Chris, um, Chris
0: Drury. Yeah. I'll replace my entire roster. <laughs> this yeah. Is I it. j-
1: it's, I mean, the New York Rangers went through the entire, again, it's, how many times do we have to say it? But they went through this deadline. They didn't trade Zach Jones. They didn't trade Matthew Robertson. They didn't trade Brennan Othman. They didn't trade Niels Lundqvist. They didn't trade Ryan Lindgren. They didn't trade Keandre Miller. They didn't trade Philip Hedel. They kept every asset possible. They did not like they traded a fourth round pick. How many times do we have to say those don't count? They they traded two fourth round picks. How many times do we say those don't count? They traded a third-round pick that's going to be bad because New York Rangers are going to make the playoffs so it's going to be 90 plus. They traded a conditional second round pick that might become at best the 29th overall pick in next year's NHL draft. They gave the Jets the option of having the Rangers the the Blues second round pick this year which will be after uh 55 because the Blues are going to make the playoffs or the Rangers second round pick next year which will likely be after 55 because the New York Rangers are not a team that's going to all of a sudden take a step backwards, we don't think in the year 2023 so the new york rangers they kept everything all while making their team significantly more interesting like I, i if you want me to stop short of saying significantly better i will but again they're better at 5v5 they're better on the penalty kill they have a better option at defense for a fifth d man and can now do essentially whatever the fuck they want at the sixth d spot they're What what more could you have wanted these Rangers to do from the collection of players that were traded today? Like, if Giroux was going to tell you no and Pavelski's going to extend in Dallas, I don't see a single player traded today where I was like, man, I really wanted him. Like, the only one I regret a little bit, it was Leganen at the time, but now I see the vision. But honestly, I'm just mad the Penguins got Raquel, but I don't wish the Rangers did necessarily. I'm just upset that they... I just I, I'm fucking upset. He went to Pittsburgh. If he went to fucking the Blues, like know, ESPN Calgary? reported. Oh my god! Right? I thought I was losing my mind. I put it in our insider. You, chat. you put it in the chat. I was, I was like, like no I way. the Blues," and you guys are like, "Greg, are you breaking news?" I was like. No, ESPN just said that. <laughs> Don't let me. I, I was like, Greg, you have a, this is
0: a huge scoop, my dude. Like, I I went and did latest on Twitter. I was like, Greg's the only person that has this. I, have no what
1: I, I looked up the screen. I was like, oh, fuck. And But they just did it in a way that was like ESPN announcing a fourth-round pick in the NFL draft where they just put the music the, and then put the graphic I up know, there. I know. And I saw it, and I was like, oh, that, that's so annoying because it was coming right on the heels of Lekkonen. So I typed it in there, and then everyone was like, wait, do you know something? And I was like, wait, do you not know something? What? what? I, I, I didn't want to play Newsbreaker. I'm just telling you what ESPN told me. Uh, before we get to a couple quick
0: five-star questions, uh, is Kevin Weeks the GOAT? Because I think he is. It's The memes are endless. It's funny as hell. He's literally outscooped every other insider by minutes, and then they have to quote him. And just say yep with a question mark or, or a pointing arrow. It's very embarrassing. It really it was, is. It was a
1: it was a tough day for the man, tough day for Friedman. I think he took the hardest of L's. Yeah, because today. I think
0: Friedman is legitimately the probably the best insider be, right now
1: before weeks the, did his thing. It, yeah, in uh in in the BW era, right? The before weeks era. Yeah, before weeks
0: uh, Friedman was the best like
1: Friedman Friedman was Skype and all of a sudden zoom comes into the picture and takes over the market
0: and that was it and all the other insiders like Drager and obviously LeBron like they did LeBron have one good scoop he was like hey I think he might be I can't really tell not sure not really can't tell I don't know it's not finalized it's like I mean
1: what are we doing credit where credit credit where credit is due Drager had the Rangers getting cop he did but then waited 48 minutes and said might be picks, might be prospects. Not really sure yet. And I'm like, those are definitely the options. Those are the only things you could do. Yeah, you, you you nailed it in terms of what's possible. Uh but um shit. You got me off off track. What was I saying? We're before talking about you insiders, we're
0: talking about weeks.
1: Oh, the easiestly, easily, easily, easily the best weeks video was when he just pulled over and he's like, Hey, Kevin Weeks here, breaking news on the side of I eighty four. And it's just like <laughs> What? What, what? why is the man? You couldn't just pull out you, he was literally he didn't wait for a rest stop, didn't wait for a tech stop. He could have pulled over anyway. He's like, nope, I am just physical side of the road. Uh what was it? Was that the Nick Paul one, I think? Yeah, well there's was the other one where a, he was in
0: bed. There was one where he was like he was in the basement of ESPN. I was like, what's going on? This is the best.
1: He was in the closet for one of them. He was in a hallway. He had a trash for one of bin them. on
0: his head for one.
1: The start he started so hot because he started off at the barber, and then for some reason, unbeknownst to any of us, he went from the barber to like a Hudson Riverside stroll in Jersey, for some reason, and then got to his car to drive the on I eighty four, and was like, "All right, got another one. We're gonna stop here." The, the man's a legend. He's unbelievable.
0: Uh, let's let's go to some five star questions, then we'll get to our guest Vincent Mercogliano. Uh, this is from Seamas. Uh, Chicago go straight You're back. Pissing me off. <laughs> say,
1: say what it actually is. Uh, C-
0: uh, Seamus, 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 Seamus. There we go. Uh, What's Chicago- wrong
1: with you? Were you joking the first time you said that? Yes, I was. That, I don't think you were. That one
0: I knew uh, for sure. Okay. Uh, sh- Chicago go <laughs> straight uh, straight back to Panarin and his drum line when he comes back? Yes. Yes. Uh, that's it. That's all I have to say. Um,
1: PJ, yeah, I'll, I, I will say this. I saw a couple of people saying like, Oh, the Rangers should just put cop on the second line and move strome the wing. Um, while it might be a fun idea, why fuck with something that works right? It There's worked. so many things.
0: What didn't just work. It excelled.
1: Yeah. Like there are so many things that I agree the Rangers should tweak with like Lindgren isn't playing to the level Lindgren normally plays. So I am all about moving Keandre Miller up there. There are things you can tweak in the lineup where like it's not quite working how it used to so why not try something else but with Panarin and Strom that's one that just fucking works. I don't think Strom like you, you make Strom less valuable by moving him down the lineup. I don't I just if it ain't broke don't break it. So let's just there's so many things to tweak that that ain't that ain't one of them in my mind. Just just keep it there. If you want to take Strom off PP1, you and I have been on that train for so long. But as far as 5v5, let Panarin have his boy. Let don't break up the romance just yet. And, you know, no, no need to break something like that.
0: PJ Smith asks, is Drury a Hall of Famer regardless of his tenure with the Rangers? If not as Hall he... of Fame
1: in terms of player?
0: I guess so. I would say no.
1: Probably not, but he won a couple cups, so he's probably going in.
0: The Hall of Fame is a joke.
1: Yeah, I don't really understand. That, honestly the only hall of fame i care about is baseball hall of fame and even then they're um, assholes they're assholes but like outside of harold baines i don't think there are wrong players in the hall of fame right um i always but, go
0: back to the bill simmons pyramid it's like it has to happen
1: yeah yeah i mean i just i don't understand the basketball hall of fame i don't quite get the hockey hall of fame i don't quite get everybody gets into the nfl Hall of Fame. you
0: breathe in the nfl you get in it's crazy, yeah.
1: The only hall of fame I've ever cared about is the baseball hall of fame, and it's probably why I get so angry when the writers are fucking stupid.
0: I'm gonna skip some of these because one's about Chickle, uh, chicken and waffle solstice and equinoxes. That's my own personal holiday, so I will skip that for now. And yeah. I'm also gonna, skip... I saw
1: that it was what was that yesterday?
0: Yep, yep, chicken and waffle equinoxes yesterday. Uh, and then I'm also gonna skip the question about uh, who's who in the Mets or Yankees is most likely to get va- refuse to get vaccinated. Uh, the answer is just Rizzo. There you go. and probably well, just...
1: the, well, the answer is Brandon Nimmo. Yes. I, uh, we did friend, it. Nobody, nobody again, it, annual segment on the podcast is nobody cares about your fantasy baseball team. All I'll say is a guy in our baseball league who owns Brandon Nimmo came to me today and was like, do you have any interest in Brandon Nimmo? And I go, is he vaccinated? <laughs> he's like, oh, shit, I forgot about that. And I was like, yeah, no interest if he's not going to play 81 games. I'm sorry. Yeah. I don't have him.
0: I am uh, extremely interested in seeing what happens with the Yankees and Mets when opening day comes. So we'll see about that. Uh, yep. Uh, yep. This is don't from Vic Vinegar, Ryan and Greg, second time, in long time. I have just coined the nickname olive oil for Frank uh, Ventrano, hoping he takes hunt spot in the second line. My question is who doesn't love bread, butter and olive oil. Kind of like it actually.
1: <laughs> I I don't know. I saw that his name was Franklin, the Tanklin, And I, I don't think I can really move on hard
0: to beat Frank, the tank Vic, but I did like the submission. Um, David says, should the NHL eliminate the trapezoid?
1: Hmm. I don't, really I don't know. I mean, maybe like does I I'm all for anything that gives players more freedom, but at the same time can't say I've ever watched an NHL game being like, man, wish the trapezoid wasn't there. I
0: know I haven't been because I, I can't realize time I complained about the trapezoid.
1: Right. But I, again, I'm not going to sit here and say that it's good. It's kind of just one of those things where like, I don't think it, prohibits goalies as much as maybe some people think it does. We have 16 so,
0: questions about it. Was Igor net versus the hurricanes? So no, I'm going to give credit to Georgie on this one. <laughs>
1: um, <laughs> yeah, I'm just saying, look at the evidence. Uh, did you see, did you see one shot of uh, Igor sitting on the bench? Cause I don't remember. I don't remember, seeing I don't one, remember right?
0: him either. It's very interesting. Uh, should this is from Beezer 34, should the NHL eliminate offsides review? And if not, maybe we should only give it to the refs at the real time replay and no super slow-mo. <laughs> I, I would say, yes, but betting is a thing now, and it's going to be taken very seriously. The rules have to be well, taken very seriously.
1: this this has been one of the long long-running greggy takes uh, for all sports, where I'm fine with instant replay. It's the slowing down of the replay, I think has gone too far. I you want to review things in in soccer, they don't slow it down. You see everything in real fucking time. Um, I'm all for replay but I don't think you should have the ability to move things frame by frame. And I think that, like, I'm all for getting the game 100% right, but I'm also just, I don't know, the human eye sees a thing the way it sees it. And it just feels, it has always felt unnatural to move something so slowly that you're now seeing things by the frame that we've never been able to see before. I've always been a big fan of just, you want replays, that's great, but it has to be in real life speed. And if, if you change your call based on how you see something on instant replay in real time, I'm not going to argue with you. It's just like, to me, the example I always use is when we're talking about like whether a guy stayed on the base or not on a stolen base. Like He clearly beats the tag, but for a brief millimeter and millisecond, his chest is up in the air, his arms are outstretched beyond the bag, and his leg or his thigh isn't quite touching the bag, and all of a sudden he's out. Like, that's not the point of instant replay. So I, I, I'm i all for instant replay only in real time, and I know that that'll never happen, and I'm on an island here.
0: You are. I'm going to read two more uh, here. This is from Chris from Florida. Shesturkin has lost eight times this year. Do you really see Shesturkin losing four of seven in the playoffs? Uh, I mean, that's going to be the exciting part, is to see how Shestri can try and push this team through the Stanley cup playoffs. So well, let would, me put it this way. Like I am
1: no. firmly, I'm firmly convinced that if the Rangers lose four times in a seven game series, it will not be because of Igor Shisterkin. Uh And I'll say this because of the moves the New York Rangers made in the last six hours, I'm more confident that this team is now deep enough to survive and not have stinkers like they had against the hurricanes.
0: Agree with you. Uh this is. Uh, he also says, "Let's give Chris Jericho credit for not overpaying." I agree. Uh, this is from. Which Parano- we,
1: we've done the entire yeah, show.
0: Agreed. Uh, Paranoid Android asks, "Why do people constantly refer to draft picks, specifically mid/slash later round picks, as lottery tickets when the lottery tickets have something like a one in two hundred million chance to, of hitting? in a mid round draft pick hits, even a seventh rounder is hit at a significantly higher level than that. Can not we come up with a better metaphor for these picks? At least revise the lottery ticket to like a five dollar scratcher."
1: So I, I don't I don't wanna be that guy, but I'm gonna be that guy for a minute. Please. Uh it's the powerball that has odds that high. People win the lottery every day. People win five hundred thousand, seven hundred fifty thousand, one million dollars, two million dollars. That shit happens weekly. It happens all the time. And it just it's gotten to a point where it happens so much now that you don't really care to hear about it, and the news doesn't care to cover it. Um, but like it's when the Powerball gets up to $338 million or $500 million that everyone's like, Ooh, I wonder if someone's going to finally win the lottery. That's he's thinking of it from a Powerball perspective and not like a, how the lottery is actually intended perspective. I People see, win the lottery every day. But
0: the whole point here is rather that how do we name these, these mid round prospects, like a third round pick probably has the same amount of chance to hit as a seventh round pick, even though it's a third rounder.
1: Yeah. It, I don't know. I, a lottery ticket to me is still the perfect one. You do you want me to call them scratch-offs? No. Like it's... if I buy a scratch-off, I have a good chance of getting my value back, but not necessarily breaking the bank.
0: Hmm. All right. That's a good one. Uh, this is the last question for Bronx Harlem hockey. Legit question. How do you guys find the time to watch all the sporting events and stay on top of everything? I barely have time for the Rangers. Uh, we are freaks.
1: Freaks. Freaks. Just straight up freaks. Freaks. Uh, I watch way yeah. too
0: much Premier League and I watch way too much Rangers. Way too.
1: I mean, there there are parts of it that it's this time of year. It's nice and evenly marked out, right? Like we're not going out of our way to watch other hockey games, so we don't care if every hockey game starts at seven o'clock. People always like,
0: what do you think about the West? like, I have no idea. I don't. I don't go. (laughs) I don't. I don't watch the Western games.
1: I I see them. We'll bring people on who cover the Western teams to tell us how the West is doing. But like, I don't know this. The, the they're very friendly with the NCAA tournament where everything gets staggered out, so I get to watch it. Uh, soccer not, starts nice and early. You get those 10 o'clock games, you don't got to worry about a whole much interrupting your soccer. Uh, um, yeah, my soccer
0: day's done by like 2 p.m. the latest most days,
1: yeah. It's but to answer the question here, yeah, we're freaks. Yeah, we
0: the answer is we're freaks,
1: yeah. I'm a nerd, I'm a loser, I don't have his friends, I don't go out. Uh, and all our know... friends,
0: guess what? They're just like us, so <laughs> it's. <laughs> It's terrible.
1: All right. Yeah. Uh, like I saw, I saw a good deal of our friends this weekend. You know why they were here? They came over to watch basketball. We all great. sat
0: and we we're like, we're losers, and we like basketball. And That was it. I wasn't there, but that's what Greg did. So
1: that's what Greg did.
0: Uh, I watched soccer. I like a shit ton.
1: All right. Oh yeah. No, my bracket, by the way, completely fucked. Yeah. I mean, you're uh, not the
0: only one there, Gregory.
1: Yeah. No. It the, the SEC fucking sucks. But hey, Max? Metro Atlantic Athletic Conference champions, Saint Peter's, baby. All right, Sweet 16. We're all, we're all peacocks. Gotta let me fly.
0: All right. Let's get to our guest, Vince Bercugliano. We'll be back in a couple of minutes and then we'll go with him for the rest of the show. Transition. Hey, we're back with our first and only guest of the day. Recurring guest Vince Bercugliano of USA Today slash lowhud.com. Beat writer for the New York Rangers. Vince, how are you, my friend?
2: Good. A, a little disappointed that you've had me on the show like eight times, and you usually get my name right, but you just messed it up. Did so I mess it up? We'll, we'll move. We'll move. No way. Merc- yes, it's
0: Mercogliano.
1: <laughs> Did not I just say that? Merc- Mercogliano. Mercogliano.
0: Oh my god. Yes. It's Been a long day.
1: Vince, Thank you, Greg. Vince, have I have I ever gotten your name wrong? All I'm saying. Gregory's a real journalist. Now,
2: Gre- Greg strikes me as a little more thorough with the pronunciation research. So <laughs> well,
1: there's no doubt about
0: that. <laughs> uh, speaking of speaking of research, let's start with the hardest, hardest, hardest journalist question I have. Uh, will the Rangers carry eight defensemen?
2: They can carry as many as they want. It, it, there's no roster limit anymore.
0: That, that's smart's question. There you go. <laughs> I'm trying, I guess to I, I, I guess
1: to, to dumbify Ryan's question, if we're getting right into the weeds, in your humble opinion, after hearing Drury talk today, after the moves they've made, do you think Braun is here to replace Schneider or is Braun going to be more of a super utility man?
2: That is a great question, and we we tried to ask him that like three different ways today and did not really get a fully straight answer. He said it's going to be glance call, which I'm sure ultimately it will be, but I'm sure also that when he made that move, he had a pretty good idea of which way they were going to go with it. See, now here's what struck me about the way he answered it, and I'm going to kind of nitpick his answer here, and I, you, know, you could be a little bit off, but he – within his first answer about Braun, before he was asked about who was going to come out, kept referring to him as a right-handed defenseman. And we wanted to add depth on the right side and the right side. So to me, reading the tea leaves there, it sounded like they acquired him to play on the right side. He's a right-handed defenseman. Now I asked Drury this and I've heard this from other people in the last couple hours that he does have some experience playing on the left. He's played in the league a long time and he's played on both sides, but obviously as a right-handed shot, and that I know that's where he's played for Philly on their top pair by the way for the most part this se- this season he's been on the right side my hunch is that especially when they're going to play let's call it the the heavier more physical playoff style teams that there's probably a pretty decent chance they're going to pair Nemeth and Braun i, I think it wouldn't shock me at all to see them maybe rotate it a little bit for these last 19 games of the regular season and maybe give Braun some looks on the left side to see if that's an option that they, they might want to go with, especially if, if Nemeth has struggles. Although I do know that they feel that he's been better since he came back from being in and out of the lineup with his wife, having the baby and and the lingering COVID stuff. So I, I, I think that they feel better about the way that Nemeth has played in the last couple of weeks. And if you were asking me to make a prediction, my prediction is that you're probably going to see Nemeth Braun more than Braun Schneider. But, you know, I, I would like to think that you'll probably see somewhat of a rotation. I don't think they're going to keep Schneider on the NHL roster for the next month plus and not play him at all. So you'll probably see all three, but I would not be surprised if, if the plan, especially by the time the playoffs get here is to go with the two veterans.
0: Over under 1.5 times, Libra Hayek sees sees the ice again.
2: A a barring a a couple injuries, because obviously even if there's one, you still would have have between Braun. Yeah, you still have Braun Nemeth and and Schneider. It would take at least two injuries, I think. And then even at that point, they might call up Zach Jones or Nils Lundqvist. So I I don't think you're going to see Libra Hayek in the lineup again unless something crazy happens. And I don't think you're going to see Julian Gauthier in the lineup again, again, unless
0: something
1: crazy happens.
0: What happened with Gautier where he lost favor?
1: Before Before we get into Gautier, I the more pressing question here, Vince, is the trade deadline has come and gone. This entire season has come and gone. How the hell is Hayek still fucking here? <laughs> it's crazy.
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, listen. It would be a shock be, if it didn't. Be,
1: be political with your answer. I'm the one. No, who no. Have to be.
2: No, it's not even about being political. It, it would be a shock if they didn't try to trade him, but I don't know why any team would give up anything to get him. So that that's pretty much as simply as I can put it. He's His chances of being on the roster next year are extremely slim. Although I said that at this time in, in the off season before this year as well. So I could be wrong, but it, it's kind of, to me, it's like a non-issue. They, they held him for whatever their reasons are. It, to me, it was a mistake. I, I definitely think that, whether they, I, people will say it's an apples to oranges thing, but obviously them deciding to carry two extra defensemen and only one forward, I think we talked about this last time I was on the show with you guys. That cost Vitali off a spot, and then blew up in their face and turned into this big messy situation. So keeping Hayek for that reason alone to me was a mistake. But in the long run, like, it, it's, does it really make any difference that they didn't get like a seventh or sixth round pick for him? No, not right now. I, I don't think. Yeah, I don't think so. I mean, it's kind of a non-issue.
0: Just very weird. Uh, So back to Gauthier for a second, because he's a player that this entire season has done really one or two moves to go to the net and could never seem to finish. Um, Was there something about his game that maybe the Rangers didn't favor? It seems like he's going to be the man out now.
2: Yeah, listen, he got – people questioned last year whether David Quinn wasn't giving him enough of an opportunity. Gerard Gallant gave him plenty of opportunities. And, and and as far as I've heard from people that I talk to, a lot of them feel that he got too much of an opportunity and really hadn't done much to earn it. You know, he he was the, – the main reason that everybody wanted him in the lineup was because they thought there was some scoring upside because he had put up a bunch of goals in the AHL. Well, I believe he had – he has three goals in like 45 plus games. This 45 season. So that not all... been,
0: so that's pretty close.
2: Yeah. Yeah. So not a whole lot of production out of him. And quite frankly, I don't think he brings much in other areas of the game, kind of a one trick pony. And I mean, how many times do you have to see the guy drive the net and, and either not be able to get off a shot or lose control of the puck or shoot it. Right. And, you know, it, it just, it just always seemed like a situation where you're like, Oh, that guy's moving pretty fast. Maybe he has a chance to score, but you, it, you got to this point with, with him where you expected him to not score in those situations. And with the depth that they brought in, you know, he's not a guy you're going to play in your fourth line. They have a handful of options that are much better than him right now. As far as the third line goes to me, he's also kind of a non-issue at this point. Like I, I don't see, if you're making a depth chart of the top 12 forwards, he's like number 16 or 17 for me right now.
1: Yeah. I I would agree with that. Especially when, gets healthy we'll uh, get we'll get the, we'll the Kako in a bit I'm sure but I do want to get your general take on the three newest Rangers and how you see them fit in the lineup in your eyes that would be vitrano cop and Mott I think I guess the way the way I want to start this is a lot of fans and I'm sure you've seen it and have heard it and doesn't matter if we agree with it but a lot of fans are looking for a way to get McKeg out of the lineup and you have to say the Rangers acquired two players specifically in cop and Mott who seem to be able to do that for them.
2: Yeah, well, they're going to have a lot of options for their lineup. Right away, they're going to have a lot of options. And then, especially once Kako and Rooney come back, you're going to have a a bevy of options for Gallant to play with. It's going to be interesting to see what kind of decisions he makes. I'm actually writing about this as part of my deeper analysis story that's going to come out on, what day is it? Monday, Tuesday morning. Um, So I I would say that, as far as the way that those guys fit and who they push out of the lineup. Cop is the centerpiece. No doubt about it. I mean, you look at what they gave up. He's the only piece from this trade deadline that they really gave up anything of significance for. They gave up the two second round picks. One of them could turn into a first rounder if they make the Eastern conference final. And they gave up Morgan Barron, which speaks to a couple things. Number one, obviously he had fallen down in the pecking order of prospects, the Rangers and I think a lot of people maybe had high hopes for him based on his college career he had really exceeded expectations at Cornell and I think a lot of people got excited about his potential here and and quite frankly I've written about this I thought that the Rangers should have given him more of an opportunity and I thought that if you look at the the makeup of the roster next year with him still being on an entry-level contract if you could have developed him into a guy who could play in your bottom six that would have been pretty valuable given how tight they're going to be on cap space But that's kind of a story for another day. But they end up giving up what was considered at a time one of their better forward prospects and and two pretty valuable draft picks. One of them could end up being a first to go get cops. So that's a lot. But I think what it came down to at the end of this trade deadline was some of the the bigger fish that maybe we had talked about in the past, whether it was Tomas Hurdle, who you guys know had kind of been at the top of what I thought should be their number one focus. And I do believe that there was interest there. Or I think Greg, you had mentioned Pavelski, who I think had he been available, would have been
0: a guy that they were really interested in as well. Even Giroux, Vince, like they, he said no. That was
2: yeah, him. yeah, Giroux. I was, I, I asked about that, and the Rangers, I think, would have been open to discussing it. But I always got the impression that that was never a realistic option. So as far as the guys that actually got traded in the last few days, the forwards were talking about, because forward was always their priority. That was the one thing that everybody from the organization had made pretty clear to me in the last few months is that they they wanted to improve their depth at forward. So I always felt like they were going to try to get two guys. They ended up getting three, wh- which I think went above and beyond what a lot of us expected. But Cop being the centerpiece, because I think when it came down to who was actually available and who was in their wheelhouse, because they were looking at rentals and they did not want to give up their top, top prospects to get a rental, that was their number one thing. They didn't want to give up Offman. They didn't want to give up Schneider. They didn't want to get, they they had an easier time parting with draft picks from what I've heard and what I was told versus getting rid of prospects that they've seen develop and that they feel pretty good about the way that they're heading. So cop to me was, was the primary target along with Raquel. And I think that those were really the two guys that you could look at and say, that's going to be an impact player in this lineup. And Raquel, I think, They had tried pretty hard on him, and a lot of people are enamored with him because from a skill perspective, you watch some of the goals that he can score. He's a pretty flashy player, and you can easily envision him as a right winger filling in that second-line spot with Panarin and Strom. But Kopp is more of the type of player that Drury and Gallant value because he's versatile. Drury used that that word like four times on the phone call that we had with him, which means not only can he play wing and play center, but he also got used a lot on the power play, a lot on the penalty kill. They feel he's a two-way guy who who plays hard on both sides of the ice, really strong face-off guy. So they see him as a guy who really doesn't have any weaknesses in his game, and they can plug and play in a lot of different spots. I think he's going to be on the third line. I'm curious to see if that's at wing or at center. I think a big part of that question, which I was just writing about is him and Heedle are definitely going to be on the third line, but cop at this point is, is the better player, the more well-rounded player, probably your best option to center the third line, which is what he had been doing in Winnipeg in, in the last, I think at least a handful of games, weeks, whatever. But, do they also, because of their issues at center, as you look down the line toward the future, does developing keto there remain somewhat of a priority? So it's going to be kind of telling which way they go with that. But I think Cop and Raquel at the end of the day were the two guys that they really wanted to get one of, and Cop ended up being the guy they were willing to go the extra mile for because I think he fits their philosophy a little bit more than Raquel does. And then Vitrano, they feel like, is almost – Maybe a poor man's Raquel because he's got that scorer's touch. He's got that high-end shot that everybody talks about. He brings some speed, and it looks like he's going to be the guy, at least until Kako gets back, that will get the extended run with Panarin and Strom. So they kind of filled that need for a guy who can score with Vitrano. And then Mott is going to be a guy who, from what I understand, is probably going to play on the fourth line. I think at left wing, you're really going to be able to, once everybody is healthy, think about putting together a pretty – pretty potent fourth line. I could see Mott, Goudreau, and Reeves, or, or, or maybe Hunt, Reeves or Hunt at that right wing spot, making up the fourth line once everybody is healthy. And that's a pretty good looking fourth line. And he's also going to be a big PK guy for them. I think you might see Mott and Goudreau as the first two forwards on the ice for penalty kills moving forward. So, so that's sort of the roles that you see each of those guys fitting for a long-winded answer for you guys. But Again, I think Kopp and Raquel, they wanted to get one of those guys. And at the end of the day, Cop fit them. They felt just a little bit better.
0: And honestly, it looks like Drury went value shopping the entire deadline. Just didn't give away any of the big pieces of the future. It gets ready for the off season, but added enough depth to where if, and I mean, I guess we can get to this right now. Kako, I think it's been confirmed at this point, has had wrist surgery. You You tell me. But at, at, I, not, not
2: not confirmed. But I, you know, I I know people not just hearing from different sources, but I know people that ran into him in the grocery store and saw so, and saw a thing on his wrist. So yeah, I mean, we the pictures think it are was,
0: out there. Um, yeah, <laughs> we, we
2: we we think it, we think it was something with the wrist, but the team has not said. Sure, that, so it's not. Confirmed. We'll
0: say there was yeah. some sort of wrist injury. That's where we'll go with. Not confirmed. Uh, But some sort of wrist injury is what we believe it to be happened. And that's something like that could re-injure very easily. Do you think that's why the Rangers went out and acquired so many forwards? Because maybe that Kako, even though he'll return, he might not be the 100% self he was earlier this season.
2: Yeah, it gives them protection from injury. Absolutely. And you've seen throughout this season that it's been very rare when they have everybody available. So we can talk about all these different options for the lineup and and, and the different combinations that Galen could, could create, but the chances of actually having every single person available on a given night are probably pretty slim. Drury said today that he thinks both Kako and Rooney, they're aiming for early April. He said, it's definitely not going to be this month. So you figure at least two more weeks, let's say. Uh, And then, yeah, I I don't know. It's really hard to get a a firm grasp on it because they're so tight lipped with this injury stuff. But at the most, maybe Kako gets back with like 10 or so games to play, which isn't going to give him a whole lot of ramp up time. And they might not want to burden him with a top six role or a ton of ice time coming off that injury. So I think they're going to see what Vetrano can do in that second line spot. And then maybe Kako comes back and you can play him on the third line with Cop and Heedle see how that goes for a little while. And then if you will feel eventually that he's playing well and you want to switch it and move him back up, you have that option. But it, the real key to all of this besides protecting themselves from injury is they just have options. Cause for, for so long, you looked at the lineup and you were like, if Panarin, Zabanajad, and Kreider aren't scoring, where is the offense coming from? And you looked at the bottom six and you felt like half those guys should, should be in the AHL. So now they're going to be able to put together a lineup and have options to put together a variety of different lineups where you feel like the depth is finally at least at a better level than it was. That was clearly the most glaring issue I thought for them in the first half of the season. We saw it reflected in their five on five play. The goaltending carried them, the special teams carried them, but they dragged consistently at five on five. We also saw that against Carolina the other night, even though they won that game, they got thoroughly outplayed at five on five and you, you you might not have gotten a complete game changer, a surefire top six guy at this trade deadline. But when you look at the possibilities, and I'm sure a lot of people have tried drawing it out since these trades were made, you just feel a lot better about what you're looking at right now than you did a few hours ago.
1: This is a conversation I'm sure we're going to have ad nauseum over the summer. So I, I will have the condensed version of it with you now. Instead of trying to get into the complex and convoluted future of ryan Strom. let's instead look at this question from the aspect of do you feel the rangers need to extend andrew cop to make that package more worthwhile i know where ryan and i end up but i'm very confused uh not confused curious about where you end up in terms of um cop and whether it's a short little fling or a long-term marriage
2: well, that's that's a valid question, absolutely, and, and Drury was asked today. But his answer was, we're going to evaluate it based on what we see in these next 19 games and in the playoffs. And I actually think that that is not just the politically correct answer, but I think it's the right answer. You don't have to make a decision on extending him right now. Why, why would you do that until you see how he fits? If he has a great run with the team and you feel like between him and Hedl, you can make second line and third line center work, then absolutely that could be an, an avenue that you explore. But I do not believe by any stretch of the imagination that they acquired him planning to immediately extend him. Now, the, the Strom thing is a whole other curveball in this situation because I think I talked to you guys about this previously, and I know I wrote about it a few times. They made a push in the fall to extend Strom. They had kind of come to this conclusion that when you ha- you take all factors into an into account, that if they can get him in their price range, that they probably weren't going to be able to do better. And, and their price range was they wanted something that started with a five. So let's call it five and a half million dollars. Now, eventually over time, obviously they were not able to work out a deal. So I don't know if the, I, I believe deep down Strom would like to stay here, but you also can't begrudge him if he looks at the market and says, okay, I can go out there and do much better than this. And he didn't want to accept a low ball offer from the Rangers. So the fact that they did not get a deal done and, and it sounded to me like after they made that push in late fall, early winter, things kind of cooled off and, and their focus in the last few weeks was not extending him, but it was going out and acquiring guys who could help the roster that there's no doubt about it. That decreases his chances of staying around. Could it change? Could they end up coming to an agreement this summer it's entirely possible. I wouldn't say that he's out of here, but I feel I don't feel as good about his chances of staying today as I did the last time that I was on with you guys. And Cop could be a potential option to replace him, but is Cop a true second line center, or does Hedl have a huge burst in these last handful of games and in the playoffs that makes you feel like he can do it? Because if you're not confident with Cop or Hedl as your second line center, then I don't think you can re-sign Cop. I think you need to explore other options, whether it be free agency or more likely trade market this summer. They, they, the, the center thing is still hanging over their heads. That is absolutely the biggest question mark for this team moving forward, because if they can't get Strom in their price range, and if they don't grow convinced in these next however many games that Cop can do that job and or Heedle, then they need to go get somebody else. And if they're going to go get somebody else, whether it's a Sheffley, whether it's a Dylan Larkin, you know, a lot of names have been floated out there. You don't know how realistic some of them are. I do know I do know that Sheffley's is a guy that the Rangers would definitely have some interest in. But I, I think it's a hard question to answer right now because signing cop locks you in on him and limits your cap flexibility. And then you're not going to be able to go out and get another second line center. He's going to have to be your guy or heedle And I don't, if I were the Rangers, I wouldn't want to make that decision today.
0: No, you wouldn't. But that's why they kept all the assets. That's that's why Niels Lundqvist. That's why off whether whether he's an asset or not, is still here. That's why you still have those two first because you couldn't sign Ryan Strom. And then this this off season, you get to go out and spend all those assets to try and replace him if that's the case.
2: Do you do you have? Yeah, any- and listen, if, if if Cop ends up being a guy that they, they could sign around five million dollars a year, and they really like the way that he fits. Maybe that ends up being the conclusion that they draw that that's a good idea, but I just don't see why before you've even seen him play a game with this group, you would lock yourself into that because that's basically the only move that they have any maneuverability to do this summer is just try to get a center. And they don't even have that much flexibility on that because they can't go out and sign a seven, $8 million player. It's going to have to be a five, maybe at most $6 million player. So that that is the framework that they're working in. It's not going to be easy to figure it out. And and there's a, again, there's a lot of questions about it right now, but I, I think whether it's Strom or cop, they're they're sort of putting any contract extension talks on hold and they're going to see how the rest of the season plays out. And then that'll be their number one priority for the summer.
0: Speaking of, uh, priorities for the summer as well Georgie ends up staying after a master class performance uh versus the Carolina Hurricanes where he carried the entire team the entire game uh which is something we hadn't seen from all summer but it does seem like uh I know that Emily Kaplan said this today on uh, ESPN TV that they're willing to uh send him to wherever he wants to go this offseason they're willing to work together with him have you heard something anything similar with Georgiev
2: well, here's the thing. If you're another team, why would you trade anything to get him? They're not going to qualify him. He's going to be, he'll be a free, if you don't make, if they don't make a trade for him, he's going to be a free agent. Cause we just talked about the cap stuff. He's at two and a half or close to two and a half million dollars he's now to qualify good. him as, yeah, they, they, they can't do it. They're going to need a goalie who they pay a million dollars or less a season as a backup. So the whole league knows that, that they can't keep him beyond this season. So Maybe they could do like you know, for example, what the Rangers did with Tampa Bay when they when they got Gaudreau and traded a late round pick. Maybe the Rangers could get a sixth or seventh rounder from a team that wanted to make sure that they had the rights to negotiate with him. But if I'm an opposing team and I really want him, I'm probably just going to sit back and say I'm going to wait for them to not qualify him. He'll be a free agent, and I could sign him because they, there's just no way that he's going to be on the team next year. They can't afford it.
1: Yeah, that's depressing. Uh, so I'm, I'm going to find a way to move off that one on a more upbeat scale. Was there a move today, Vince, in your opinion? Um, I mean, like you said earlier, weren't a lot of players that we didn't know about, especially in the forward ranks um, that weren't previously on the table. But was there, was there a move today that kind of made you go, man, kind of curious the Rangers weren't a little bit more involved there?
2: You know, to be honest, not really. They did more than I thought they would. I came into the day, and I wrote this on Friday, thinking that they were going to really try to get Cop over Raquel, but they were going to draw the line as far as giving up one of their top prospects, and they really preferred not to give up a first-rounder. Now, obviously, they compromised a little bit to get Cop, where they put in that escalation clause, where if they make the Eastern Conference final, one of those second-round picks will turn into a first. But I think it's because that, that they had identified him as, as – probably their top priority among the forwards that were still available. So definitely not surprised about that. He had been one of the names that I've been hearing for weeks. Vetrano came a little bit out of nowhere. Like he wasn't a guy whose name I had heard a whole lot about, Uh, but it made sense when you looked at how they were able to help Florida by taking cap off their books and and take on a guy like that. Honestly, from the Rangers perspective, it played out a lot how I thought it would. I knew that they were going to prioritize forward depth, I knew they were going to look to take advantage of guys who were on expiring contracts, teams that wanted to move that salary off of their books. So they were able to do that in a few instances. And I think, you know, I, I guess if I'm looking around, you're talking about like other trades that were made, a guy that I thought they should have went after. I don't know, good question. Is there a guy that you look at? Oh,
1: you like only it, one it. I could think of. And it was the only reason I thought of it was because it was before the Rangers got cop and Mott. And I think my opinion changed. I did think that I knew the Rangers could beat the Colorado offer on Lekkanen. Um, But again, See, when you consider when you consider everything that happened after Lekanen, it's hard for it. I said this on the earlier part of the podcast. It's hard for me to sit here now and be upset the Rangers weren't more involved there because I think they got more value in two players for less than what Colorado gave up to get Lekkinen.
2: Yeah. And, and the other thing, with Lekin, and it goes back to the conversation that we were just having about center. He's an RFA who I believe makes over $2 million right now. So I know that there is interest. They like him as a player, but if you were going to go out and acquire him, a winger who you were going to have to then give a raise to next season, how are you paying for a center?
1: Right. I, I, I've long been of the opinion that, uh, Lekkonen's RFA status, if anything, you could have just easily recouped the assets in a separate trade or even moved you could. Lekinen you could have. I, I've center. heard people
2: make that argument. You, you could have said, OK, we're just going to keep him as like an RFA rental and then we'll trade him in the summer. But it's kind of a tough situation to put yourself in where you need to move a guy and the whole league knows that you need to move a guy to fill your number one position of need at center and you i mean what would they what would they get for him in return if they're in a desperate situation like that and and it cu- it could have come down to a situation where nobody would give them anything really and then they had to what consider not qualifying him when he's such a high quality player I, you know i it just it was a sticky situation I, they felt around on it for sure but i think if they were going to get anybody with term it was going to have to be a center there were they just it just didn't make much sense to qu- acquire a winger who would be under, under team control beyond this season because what what do you do when you know that your winger depth is fine and the big issue is center and you only have enough room to pay one guy.
1: Right. And like like I said, I that was it was a very brief opinion I have because as soon as the Rangers got cop and Mott, it it checked every box that Lekanen would have checked, all while making the lineup deeper by adding multiple players. So I honestly I am surprised by how little criticism I have for how the deadline Same. went for the Rangers. It I think that to me is maybe the biggest surprise where it, had you asked me after the vitrano trade if I had a high hope the Rangers would do enough to meet my expectations going into this deadline, I would have honestly said no. And where we sit now, you know, hours after the fact, I don't have a complaint about how the deadline went and not just that, I honestly as we sit here and talk I can't think of a scenario in which it would go better unless some team like the jets all of a sudden traded Shifley on the cheap and that wasn't going to happen. So here we are very happy people.
2: It's it's why well, most- I pulled a Ryan. i pulled a Ryan and mispronounced his name. Shifley? see. Yeah. There's only one of us. I didn't want to there's say only one I was going
1: to let everyone come <laughs> in the comments. <laughs> and like, yeah.
0: okay, here we go. Nice. I get the option. Yeah. There's, there's yeah. only yeah. one of
1: us on the pronunciation game. I don't have a lot of things yeah. in my life, Vince, but I have, this one thing Vince this is why you did, you with did, the center good. the center good.
0: conversation we were having it's why i never really understood the patrick kane rumors you know he's he played no for that game. was
2: that was that was always i mean no that was i listen there's there's uh, there's obvious reasons that you could look at on the surface and say oh he played with panarin he's got all this cup experience he'd be great he's having a great season but realistically it, it just it would have been very very difficult for them to pull off it just any winger who was going to cost them significant money beyond this season would have put them in a really difficult spot.
1: No doubt about it. Let's, uh, and that? Let, oh, sorry. Well, ahead. I'll just, I'll just, to that point, I, I know Connor Garland was a very popular name, but that's essentially the same reason the Rangers. It, even if, even if we think Garland is on a cheap contract for the output, he gives out on the ice. It's still too much money for the Rangers to be giving a winger when they have, such a bigger, glaring question. The answer,
2: yeah. Re- remember this number. I've, I put this number out a few times, and I've checked it with all different kinds of people. Ten point seven million dollars. That is essentially, if, if assuming they don't, you know, maybe they could move a Nemeth, or maybe they end up moving on from Hiedel. Although, then, what do you do at center? You know, maybe they could find little ways to shave, but the, the big guys, the big contracts, aren't going anywhere. So, the way that they have to look at it is ten point seven million dollars to do. These four things: B- figure out your second line center, resign Kako, resign Sammy Blay, and find a backup goalie. So you've got ten point seven million dollars, and you have to squeeze those four things in for that amount of money. So try figuring that out at home exactly how you're going to make that work. If you're paying Patrick Kane, or if you're paying Arturi Lekkinen, or if you're bringing in anything besides those four needs, you know, may they, they could get creative. You know, maybe they deal Kako. I, I think it's doubtful, but you can't dismiss the possibility. I'm sorry to say, Ryan. No, it's totally but,
0: fine. I just think he's gonna be yeah. he's gonna be dirt cheap and this team need dirt cheap. Yeah, no, business. no,
2: ex- exactly, exactly. And and so I, I think you have to operate within that structure. So yeah, that that's you know. I think that they explored a lot of different things and I, you know, they probably made calls on Kane and Lekkanen and, and so some of the big defensemen that like, like Giordano, those are, those are rental guys that wouldn't have affected the the, um, the cap next season. But at the end of the day, the thing that they wanted to do was improve their forward depth. That was the number one priority and their preference, unless it was a center that they liked with term who they could envision replacing Strom, the preference was going to be rentals for the cap reasons.
1: I I like how you said, sorry, Ryan, about trading Kako. Church of Kako essentially is paying my health insurance right now. So it's sorry, Greg. That's the the sorry we have on the books. Ryan will be fine. It's Greg's livelihood we're talking about here. Yeah, what are
2: you guys going to do if he's playing in Winnipeg? Uh,
1: We'll make make, – it'll – planes that's what we'll do we'll make, <laughs> we'll, we'll make shit with planes yeah i don't i don't really yeah. see them trading yeah.
0: kako personally just because I, like lafreniere and kako are just so goddamn cheap i, I did like I love how the rangers had to come out and say that they're they're not trading lafreniere this week i thought that was pretty funny um that was a good time but yeah I, I, and they might try and trade nemeth this offseason as well to try and maybe move some cap space there so we'll see that that,
2: that is the most logical thing but that might almost be like a, a mark stall situation where you have to attach an asset to him to get somebody else to take him.
0: Oh, you hundred percent will be I can't, I can't yeah, imagine a yeah. team paying up for yeah. that. My final question, yeah. Vince, is we I, I, I
2: will, I will say this though. Cause you guys were saying something earlier. I, I, I find it interesting that you guys have no beef at all with the trade deadline, because I think for me, as far as the players that they brought in, the way that they built the depth, the things that we've been talking about, about needing to improve the forward depth, lack of scoring in the bottom six, poor play at five on five. I think they did given what was out there in the market about as good of a job as they could have in addressing those issues? But you gave up two second rounders plus a, a pretty solid prospect in Morgan Barron, and one of those second rounders could turn into a first for Cop, and he might only play twenty something games. Here. Vince, I'll tell you so, this
0: right now: I'll just, to you, I'd say it is, I'd to me. Say it's so, to your, it's, Vince, it's, it's, Vince, I'd say it to your face. If the Rangers are in the Eastern Conference Final with Igor Shesterkin, I'll give you a first right now. I, no, no, yeah, if, if, for if they make it to the. East, but, but but if they let's say they go out in the
2: first round and you're still giving up two second round picks and Barron, that's that for a rental who's only who's probably going to play on their third line, it's a lot. Now I'm not saying I wouldn't make the deal. I'm not saying I think it was a mistake, but it's honestly a little bit more than I I thought that they were trying to just get him for a second rounder and a prospect. I didn't think they were going to throw the second, second rounder in there. And I, I did not think that they would have the escalation to a first round. My dude, did even you all, see even what other would...
0: teams paid for forwards? <laughs> no, I know.
2: No, the market, the market dictated it, but I, you know, I, I think jury had been playing hardball on this and really didn't want to go to the first round pick territory. Now, again, it was kind of a compromise what it ended up being and, and a good compromise, kind of a savvy compromise that you don't see a lot of other GMs doing, but it, it did still strike me as I think probably a little bit more than at the beginning of the process, they wanted to, they would have wanted to give up for a rental again, not saying I wouldn't do it. And I, and I think that he was probably the best fit out there for them because of his versatility, but it's it's not it's not a package that I would say is insignificant. Th- those are three it's pretty not. decent assets. It's not, but Vin, any other year, well, I'll, any
0: I'll, other year, I would be pissed off about this. But this is a year where you have Ewers Serkin, who's going to be a heart candidate, if not winning the heart himself. You have Adam Fox, obviously Chris Kreider's uh, on fire the entire year. Artem Panarin, because of energy, are going to get one year older next but, year. But honestly, it.
1: honestly, Ryan, it's it's even simpler for that. It's simpler than that for me, and it's something I've been trying to harp more often than not. Listen, the odds of any player taking outside the top 20, let alone the top 50, becoming an impact NHLer is extremely low. I am willing to bet the Winnipeg Jets aren't able to identify a guy at 52nd, 53rd, 54th overall in this draft. It's going to bite the Rangers in the ass. And I'd rather have a player that's going to be impactful in the lineup, even if it's just for 20 games, than hope that this Ranger uh, scouting department is going to drill a pick at 56 overall. I, I just I do think it, it, it's you know I don't it's not just a hockey thing. Greg, Usually let we do me bootlick some
0: more because that's what we're doing. I'm loving bootlicking right now. They 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 don't have any cap space next five years. What the hell are they trading for? After they trade for this second second center uh, second line center, they got nothing else to do. So trade them now. It's fine by me. Yeah,
1: I just yeah. I, I but but to the larger point is I I just think we as sports fan I don't know if it's like an NFL draft thing that has warped our mindset about uh, box the box. value of it. Yeah. I'd, mystery box with a boat. I would just take the fucking boat sometimes, even if it sinks after 20 games, you still had a boat for 20 games as opposed to a mystery box that might just sink on the first try.
2: I I, I don't disagree with you. I, I think I would, I, I mean, I'm not the GM, but I would make the trade. I am not saying that I think it was a mistake or a bad trade or anything like that, but it, it just, again, it's, it's, I guess it's how you view it because, Basically, they gave up three, let's call them B-level assets to avoid giving up an A-asset, an a, you know, which would be a first-round pick or Hoffman or Schneider or something like that. So it's definitely a trade you can stomach, and ultimately, at the end of the day, I thought the important thing was, regardless of the flaws that you want to point out on this roster, they're 40, 18, and 5. They're going to the playoffs. They are in prime position. They, they've they've won enough games. I think to earn. I wrote this in my column last week that they've earned the opportunity to get these reinforcements and give them. The, don't just look at it like it's a nice thing to get to the playoffs. Give them the best chance to win once they get there. And no matter what you want to say about jury, he definitely went, maybe not all in, but very very far in to make that happen today. And, and I do think that ultimately. Doing as much as he did was the right thing because that's what this team needed. And now they're a much more interesting, viable team as we look toward the playoffs. And with the way the goalie's playing, that's the one X factor. I've had a lot of people around the league say this to me in the last few weeks. Igor is the best goalie in the world right now. Is it could he be that for the next five, six, seven, eight years? It's very possible. But could another year come where he has a down year or he gets injured? That's also very possible. So you are riding this wave right now you've got Panarin and Zabanajad and Kreider who are either 30 or pushing 30 in their primes and so this i don't think was a i don't think it was a bad move to go for right now i'm just saying that i giving as much up as they did to get cop was a big sign to me that they're going for it because I think it was more than initially I thought that they would give up and I don't think it's a bad thing I was just curious how you guys felt about
0: it no I I, I usually I I know we're very negative Nancy sometimes and we are very critical of the team but we're just this is a bootlicking episode we're all in I think we I'll I'll think i even
1: I'll even I'll let me let me propose this in a way that might even be more digestible right when you consider everything as a whole the New York Rangers gave up nothing better than two second round picks and Morgan Barron for Andrew Kopp Tyler Mott, Frank Vetrano, and Justin Braun. If Like, they got four players and they gave up it, what the three of us would consider three B assets. When you group it all together, it to me, it makes it even more stu- – like, I can stomach it no matter what, but I stomach it even better when you're telling me, again, four players, all, all of quality, and all that will help this lineup for three B assets and a bunch of leftover change I found under the couch cushion. That – It's we've been very critical of Jory on this podcast. Today is a day where I can't find a reason to be just can't do it.
2: Yeah, no, that's fair. I, I agree with you. I, I, I guess I'm a little more cautious with my draft picks. Like I look at what they did in the years past when they were really going for it and they never got over the hump and they gutted their prospect system and gave up all their draft picks. Like, I don't think I'd want to see them go down that road. And now they're at a point where in the next two drafts, in the first three rounds of both those drafts combined, they only are, they're only going to have three picks. So, you know, the, gutting the middle rounds of the draft, too, like they don't have a lot of third and fourth rounders coming up in the next couple of years. I'm not saying that's a huge deal, and I think it's worth it to, to give yourself the best shot to win this year. But it, it's an interesting change, of course, versus what I saw in my first few years on the beat. And, and it's definitely a lot more interesting to cover. So I'm, I'm all for it, but you,
0: you just don't have a chance it, when you it, have it, all five of those players that are just so special at the same time, that that's where I land. Otherwise, yeah, no, and I agree it it. All And all then the depth, ar- a lot of the times so they, they tried. They did yeah. The and, moves.
2: Yeah. And the depth around those guys was lackluster and now it's better. So it's absolutely, I think what was the right thing to do.
0: I mean, it's my final question. And then we'll let you get out of here is how does this team stay fresh when they're playing like 26,000 games in like, I don't know, 40 days.
2: I don't know because I feel like I'm tired all the time. I do. I have no idea how they do it.
1: That's because you have a you have a little baby. You got to be changing diapers here, man.
2: Yeah, it's the worst, man. I mean, I trust me. It's it's been an amazing experience. I love him to death, but I get home from a game like midnight after, and he usually gets up like 6. If I'm lucky, he'll push it close to six thirty or so. And that's just—I'm used to more sleep than that, man. I'm not getting as much sleep as I used to get.
1: <laughs> Vince, you—you nice. you think you have it bad? I'm about to have to watch the Mets and the Rangers simultaneously. <laughs> Woe was me. Oh,
0: I'm sorry. Yeah, four hundred billion dollars. <laughs> all right, uh, Vince. Any other final questions for uh, for Vince? Craig?
1: Oh no, I—I just—I—I. I... Are you okay when the Mets finish better than the Yankees this year? Is it going to be all right? Oh, like, fine. are you going to—are you going to make it?
2: It's gonna. I. It's gonna be fine. I just. Uh, I just want to have like. I'm. I'm very much looking forward to the summer to catch my breath, spend some time with the baby, spend more time outside. I'm not. I'm very excited to see what the Rangers do in these final couple months. But I also think that like a relaxing night where I don't have any work to do and I just turn on a baseball game and drink a beer. With like my son in my lap, that's gonna be pretty nice too. So I'm looking. Are you forward still?
1: To... Are you still downing those shitty IPAs? Did you finally realize? Oh that my beer god, is beer? the worst
0: take you've ever had.
1: Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Gre- beer beer, Gre- man. I don't know what to tell you. The Gre- PBR Gre- is Gre- just the same as a fucking dogwood or whatever it's called. Tasteless. Gre- we
2: don't. We don't have the video on right now, but I have an IPA in my hand.
1: <laughs> what? what <is> Allegash <laughs> White or Allegash White is called? not an IPA. Relax. And it's <laughs> it's a,
2: it's a, it's a juice bomb, and it's pretty good.
1: I don't know. That's foreign.
0: I'll guess why that's slander. What a, what a, one of my favorite beers ever. Jesus. All right. Uh, no,
2: I'm not, I'm not, I'm not into those actually, but wow.
0: wow, So much slander. Vincent, thank you so much for joining us. Um, uh, obviously everyone could follow you on twitter.com. They can also read you at lowhud.com and subscribe there for, is it still a dollar a month for six months? What's going on?
2: Actually. Oh, this podcast is coming out on Tuesday. Yep. So we did this last month. They're going to do it again. One more day this month on Tuesday we have that sale going on where you can pay $22 for Ooh. unlimited access for 2 years of stuff. Two? So you just pay two 22. Uh, yeah, you <laughs> you pay $22 one time and you're good for 2 years. All right. We'll, so we'll definitely, de- definitely take sure. advantage definitely take advantage of that on Tuesday if you can because uh yeah, I mean, you know, I don't know if you like my stuff or not, but if you if you pay that, you'll be able to read all my stuff and a whole lot of other stuff for 2 years and never have to worry about paying anything else until Vince you get the- I,
1: I I enjoy giving you shit it's one of my favorite things in the world but honestly what you and Molly have been doing this season on the beat has been fantastic and I think everyone should think long and hard about spending $22 for more than 700 days worth of content
0: yeah there you go yes I, I appreciate that Greg thank you all right uh we're out of here we'll be back uh later this week with BSBOT we love you guys bye without further ado, I'd like to thank the NHL Insiders Club, the Offer Sheet Club, the ex- most exclusive insider club on Discord ever. Uh, that was probably me overselling it, but at the same time, seriously, we did have some good scoops and it was legitimately bumping all day long for the NHL trade deadline. If you, if you don't know what you're missing out, I'm sure you can ask some people. They'll tell you. Uh, Adam Cassidy, Adam Cohen, A- Adam Gerturlo Adam Keach, Alex Carter, Amber Burger, Austin Beetleman, Barbie Chris, Ben Waters, Ben Weber, Brett McGinnis, Brian Doyle, Brian Gallagher, Brian Mallon, Broadway Blue Bleeder. Chris Finelli, CJ Stellwagen, Daniel Dezen, David Narodin, David Siegel, Dennis Dice, Darian. Eric says these camera angles <laughs> are awful for ESPN. I agree. Eric Stagg, give Gardner a cup, Gre- Gary Gretzky, McFly. I always mess that one up now. handle Harrison Haskell, Hip Hop 89 Ian Rodriguez, Jake Berkowitz, Jerry Marquez, JD, Jimmy Mac, John Hardy Jordan, Josh Kestenbaum, Justin Friedman, Justin Starr, Christopher Florida, Christoph Berg, Lazar Krokowski, Lucci, Ordano, Lucas K, Matthew Kine, who sat behind Gerard Gallant for the Geo, The Georgiev game. Oh my goodness. Max Nielsen, Mike Bucklaw, Neil Grover, Pascal Perrier, Pavel Kodurev, Randy Tesser, Steve Bull, uh, uh, wow, I almost messed it up. Stephen, Stephen Lomayar, the drop PK, Tommy Welsh. I hope, uh, Thomas, I hope you're okay with calling me, calling you Tommy there. Tommy Sinclair, it's the same. Tommy Ertz, Tommy O'Neill. you're all Tommies now. Tori from Manhattan, Upstate Vin, Vinny Brocco, Vinny Hay, Will Specter, and Winston. Le Bark Golden Retriever, thank you so much for listening. What a trade deadline has come and gone. Cannot thank you all for the support. Enough, truly, honestly. But the New York Rangers have quite the test ahead of them. They play the Pittsburgh Penguins three more times over the next, what was what it, 10 days? Then they might play seven more times come May. Uh, there is quite the test for the New York Rangers ahead, as I just said. And one of the things you have to be looking forward to for the next couple weeks here while games are usually meaningless at this point in time of the year for a team that is secure at a playoff spot, this team has a lot to play for. This team has some chemistry to build. Who works what where? Maybe they try different some, some different wild pairings because what do they have to lose? The answer is they would go down to the wild card spot where the Washington Capitals are now. Igor might have something to say about that no matter what, but maybe you try on a Keandre Miller-Adam Fox pairing. Maybe you try Braun and Jacob Truba. Maybe you do certain things that you wouldn't have done before. Maybe you try a third line of Goodrow, Hedl, and Kopp. Maybe you mess around and, well, I want to see Kako back where he was before, but maybe you try and put Hedl with Kako again. There's a lot of different options. Uh, What happens to Kevin Rooney? Who gets benched? There will be a lot of conversations about who is not playing now rather than, wow, I can't believe that guy's playing. The chemistry is coming for this team, and we'll be sitting around for the next couple weeks here saying to ourselves, What's the best iteration? And not only that, how does this team stay fresh? Because you saw what happened against the Carolina Hurricanes. That was a scheduled loss. That was supposed to be 9-2 without, without Alexander Yorkev standing on his literal head becoming an actual brick wall. How does this team stay healthy, stay put together, and stay coordinated over the coming weeks? We're here to find out. So stay tuned. PSPOT coming later this week. Love you guys. Bye.